Listen back. Listen back to your fucking podcast, you dickhead. I'm speaking to myself here. I just loaded up this session. Loaded up this session and uh, and realised, oh, the music, the music, the intro music was turned off. Oh, fuck. <laughs> and I went back to last week's podcast. and Because I'd used different music at the end of the podcast in order to illustrate a point and a little emphasis. Um, and I turned off the track, not the fucking clip. I wanted the intro music to be playing. You can hear it a little bit in my in, coming through my headphones. <laughs> but I turned off the fucking track when I just meant to turn off the, the start music and turn off the outro music. Turn on the... Leave on the... You understand. Welcome to In the Back of My Head podcast, episode 33. Oh, how exciting. What is this? It's a podcast. It's a podcast where I talk about whatever's in the back of my head, whatever's been rattling around in there. Bit of a journal, bit of a creative journal. Um, a space to... Yeah, get some thoughts out. Hopefully, thoughts that in some capacity will resonate with your own, perhaps help you shake some things. Like that song by Taylor Swift. Is that how that song goes? <laughs> Before I get started, um, I like to, as my mate Dilly Dave says, get grounded by thinking about the lands that we're on. Um, I'd like to pay my respects to the uh, Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, um, the custodians of these lands that I am so fortunate to live on, to work on, to play on, to just exist on. Um, sovereignty was never ceded. Pay um, my respects to elders past, present and emerging. Um strange strange times I mean all times are strange extreme times though we seem to be living I guess that maybe this is just how history has always felt but it seems like we're living living through more and more terrifying historical moments uh, every day um, whenever we turn on the news do people watch the news I don't know when you go on reddit or or Instagram wherever you get your news we see madness, atrocities committed by many people, but um, primarily uh, the colonialists of the world. So it's good to stay as grounded as possible, stay as conscious as possible of the lands that we're on, the history of those lands, and how we can play any small role in making a brighter future for um, for everyone, but especially those that have suffered under Colonial terror. Um, man, I've been feeling down lately. I've been feeling kind of depressed for the past maybe like week. Um, off and on, you know, not crippling, nothing crazy, just uh, a, a, a dullness, a dullness to my senses. Can especially feel it in conversation. Just um. Starting to speak and realizing I can't finish this sentence. I've got nothing for it. I've got nothing for you. Um, <clears throat> and I think I have a reason. I think I have the reasons why behind that. Um, not that I'm not going to go into any of that, but um, 
but I did find a a repri- uh, yeah a reprieve a relief. I found a relief uh, last night. Um, not that I'm like oh I feel all better now, but I feel a lot better. <laughs> I feel a lot better after doing um, poetry last night. Didn't read, just was at poetry um, at Radio Talk that we run every two weeks. Um, it's funny every time. So often, Jason and myself will will uh, turn to each other and go, "Mate, I'm not fucking feeling this one. Nah, me neither." We uh, tapped out. It's an interesting one because like I have such little social reserves; <laughs> they get depleted so quickly. Um. I really feel that if I spend a few days with some mates, if I spend like, especially the mornings, waking, if I, yeah, if if, if I stay in like a and b or something with someone, it's not bad, this is, like, it, it, I, I can get through a few days, I perk up, but there's definitely like hills and valleys of, uh, especially in the mornings, I always wake up and go, I cannot be around people at this time. <laughs> um and yeah, and so and being out at gigs and stuff like that, I can feel <coughs> my my batteries drain very very quickly. Very typical. Um, I don't know. It's like you know, uh, introvert extrovert, which I don't really believe like anyone's fully one or the other. But it's typical introvert introverted. Um, uh, energy feelings that um, you need to recharge by yourself and then you expel that energy, give that energy in social situations. While the idea is extroverts do the opposite. They gain energy from being out and being alone is draining. <coughs> um, God help those people. <laughs> that sucks. I mean, this sucks in a sense, you know, but um, I feel like it's easier to manage. Um, I feel like it's easier to manage that because you can just take so much more time for yourself. It depends on what your lifestyle is. depends on what you're doing. depends on, um, yeah, what options you have, um, especially if you're living with a bunch of people, living in share houses, uh, or perhaps you have a family or what have you. I can imagine that would be quite a... Yeah, more harrowing experience if you need a lot more space for yourself. Um, but yeah, <laughs> the thought of being by yourself and that being a real drain—that's um, that's unfortunate. That would suck. I fucking love being by myself. <laughs> oh, I'm so happy. Oh, I'm so happy by myself. Um, but it's yeah, interesting. Certain social situations do recharge me. Um, just why I say that I don't believe in the fact that people are wholly one or the other, uh, introverted or extroverted, um, depends on the setting, depends on the same, uh, yeah, and so last night, feeling a bit down, feeling a bit drained, really had very little to offer, I was, um, just looking, I was just holding, cables in my hand. I was trying to do the sound. I was just trying to set up the sound. I was holding a cable in my hand and was just like, oh God, I just, wow. I can't be, f- I, I, I can't picture the chain. I can't picture the signal path. Oh, sorry. I can't picture the signal path that I need to follow to set this up, which is the simplest thing because it's just a microphone into a mixer uh, on that night. But 
I was just, my brain refused. My brain was, no, 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 we, I've got nothing for you. Um, and then hanging out with a bunch of poets and having people express um, their deepest traumas and emotions um, in such a public space to such a warm reception is always the most fulfilling experience. Um, and yeah, always keeps me going. And I've, I've talked about this so many times. Oh, because this, uh, because I record this podcast the next morning. <laughs> um, but I guess that's such an important, it's such an important thing to, um, to seek out, to seek out is, and it's hard when you are that person. It's hard when you are that introverted person. Um, and it's not, and there's, uh, especially if there's things that aren't set up, maybe, you know, um, that you can just tap into, but to seek out those people that, um, that aren't that recharge your batteries, especially recharge your creative batteries. Um, to seek out those people when you walk away from that, those and um, mm, it's a good sign for a project as well. Actually, I'm thinking about it now. Good sign for a project. I mean, I love being in bands and I love doing yeah whatever. But um. There's always some bands. It's not. It's not a drain. It's just that, like, I can feel sometimes in band practices that I'm like, oh, I, gotta, I, gotta, I just gotta get through this one. You know, even if it's a project that you like, it's a weird. It's a weird feeling of like, you always feel guilty having those kind of things. The duality of like, isn't this what I want to do? And then part of your brain says, oh, but I just want to go home. And that's um, frustrating because you feel like you're a dickhead. <laughs> you feel like you're an arsehole. But it's not. You just there's different um, there's different uh, parts of your brain that are conflicting. Obviously, you can't. Yeah, being creative is is a joyous thing, but it's also not always, and it's often not just joy. <laughs> um, but I've got but but I'm in one project at the moment that every time band practice rolls around, I'm actually really excited for it just because it's so much fun playing in that band. Kelsey G and the Bad Health is what I'm talking about, Kelsey. I know you're listening. <laughs> um, it's so fulfilling and it recharges my batteries. Um, <clears throat> uh, similar to actually, <laughs> sorry, weird segue. Uh, similar to that, similar to what I was talking about last week about patho pathologic. Um, that it's a weird thing of like being in spaces that you that you associate with just pure joy, like. Video games should just be pure joy, and it's so much—it's so interesting. I was gonna say it's so much fun. It's so, which is kind of silly for this particular point, but it's interesting. Um, letting things, letting things like video games or or making art, recognizing like this is actually supposed to be grueling, perhaps at times. Um, maybe the art of, maybe the fact that yeah, sometimes when you're making. Um, artwork of some of some description and there's a real tedium to it or there's a real frustration or it hurts i've spoken to actually um to certain poets who it, they don't really enjoy the process of writing like it's not a joyous thing it's a it can be a slight it can be a slog to get through it um however that's part of it it's helping them 
move through that difficult feeling. Um, maybe it's like letting yourself grieve. Uh, do I believe that? Yeah. <laughs> I feel that. Depends on what I'm writing about. Depends on what I'm writing about. There's certain topics and things like that that I can write about and I have a great time, but there's certain things that, like, it's not... Yeah, I'm not I'm not jumping for joy when I'm writing these things. And even when I finish them, I'm not I'm not sitting back in a sense of like real pride or or real um yeah, I'm really happy about what I've done. It's a sense of catharsis. And if that's uh if that, if that feeling during the process is one of frustration, one of fear, one of desperation, Maybe it's okay to embrace that um, in the moment. Yeah, uh, much like, um, not that I've really grieved for anything, um, not experienced death. I guess you can grieve about other things, but... Oh, yeah, I've got something, actually. I've got something. I've got something. I'm not going to go into it, but I've got, I've got something. Um, uh, a moment when I was, yeah, particularly... I was despairing for a loss. I was despairing for a loss of a relationship. But it was a real understanding of like the trying to trying to embrace the end of that thing, um, and really giving my spells, Jesus Christ, giving myself <laughs> that space to just to just exist in that pain. And it was a good feeling. It was a good feeling of pain. It was, yeah, it was not a, um, a space of, yeah, joy. Again, I can't, I'm trying to think of more words. I'm not much of a writer. <laughs> I was trying to sit in that space and just let it be, knowing that it was, it was just important to, to experience that feeling. Um, and I wonder if that's, yeah, if that's a part to embrace more in creativity of uh, embracing those those sides of you that um, embracing the parts of creativity that are not fun <laughs> not necessarily all of it some of it is just tedious like mixing music I don't find particularly enjoyable um, but that's just sort of part of the process but the actual creative part that is um, yeah, frustration and turmoil. There's something that you need to get out. There is something that's really, you know, that this emotion or thought or feeling is like it has to go. It has to get out onto something, onto the page, um, and maybe it's not going to be uh, this beautiful flow state or anything like that. Uh, maybe it's just going to be a bit of a slog, and that's maybe how that piece needed to come out. <laughs> maybe I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have any answers for these things. I'm always so wary when I start talking about this kind of stuff, about anything. I'm so... About this kind of stuff. I'm so wary with this podcast in general. All last night, I was I was giving ad creative advice. I was asked <laughs> about um, about advice on, um, on mixing. Oh, my God, my computer. Can you fuck off? Thank you. Um, I was given... Uh, asked about... Um, for advice about mixing music, and I tried to give some, um, and uh, and it always feels weird. It always feels weird to to try and yeah. I just guess, I guess I don't want to ever give advice 
uh, obviously unprompted, but especially like specific advice. I always just try and like, this is my perspective and I hope that that helps in some capacity. And that is the end of it. It's not, this is the way you should do it. This is the only way to do it. Um, I'll speak on that actually for a moment with mixing. Because mixing is, yeah, mixing is um, a weird world. Um, and I think it applies to many creative aspects many creative mediums or what have you, but like mixing music is a strange process to me. In a sense that, especially like we're, especially mixing um, your own music or mi mixing music that is not commercial. N okay, there you go. Mixing non-commercial music is an interesting um, exercise. <coughs> there are tips and tricks. There are tips and tricks and there are sort of rules. Um... They're more guidelines. Um, but I studied a little bit. I went to TAFE and I studied a little bit. Um, I did, yeah, music industry in high school and then I studied at TAFE for about maybe only maybe only six, six months or so actually because I quit because I fucking hated it. Um, hated the people. There were some great teachers, but I was in Bendigo and um, it was appalling. <laughs> the, my fellow students were just um, bottom of the barrel. <laughs> I just remember just walking into class and I had these headphones on and um and this guy who I was sort of hanging out with a little bit in and outside of class like just around the around the grounds where have you and um you know so I was sort of hanging out with him not mates but you know whatever classmates at least and he said oh what's with the fucking gay headphones I was like oh my god I can't be here anymore. <laughs> These pe this, this person in particular is a fucking piece of shit. Um, and I remember saying to him, like, what possible... In what possible world could these headphones have anything to do with sexuality? They're just black, typical headphones. What is your problem? Um, and what fucking... <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh... Don't miss those days. But mixing music, <clears throat> mixing non-commercial music, like, I guess you just learn all these, uh, you learn all these things of, um, of the way you're supposed to do it. And there's a certain level that you're supposed to achieve that feels really scientific. Um, almost like a... Hmm. I mean, it, obviously, like to be an amazing mixing engineer, to be an amazing mixing engineer, or to be an amazing mastering engineer, or what have you, it does take a, a, a very um, trained ear and a lot of experience and a lot of know-how, uh, and it can get really, really technical. <clears throat> um, but I think, like, learning that fact, learning of how the upper echelons of the skill um, is really daunting when you're starting out. Um, because it just feels like, oh, I do. I need to be a doctor <laughs> to do this. It really feels like that. I remember learning. I remember um, one of the one of the good teachers at that place was Hans, and he was so delightfully German, and um, and he had some of the most incredible ears I've ever witnessed. Of just like him picking out particular frequencies and notes and things like that out of out of the out of 
like he would just have like white noise playing and he would just have one frequency that was kind of the dominant frequency the louder frequency and he's like try and pick out what frequency that is i'm like oh, fucking i don't i have no idea it would pick it out and it was amazing um but uh that really felt like i was learning from a scientist on how to mix music and i learned a lot from him um but it was also very daunting. Like, is this the, is this where I have to get to? To this level of genius, to this level of brilliance, do I need a mastering? Do I need a doctorate in, in um, sound engineering, to be a good mixing engineer? Um, <clears throat> yeah, there's just so many tools. There's so many tools, and I assume that applies to almost any any craft that you're trying to work at. When you see you're learning from masters, usually, right? So you. Uh, people who've done it for a long time, and you're just bombarded by all of the tools that you have and all the ways that those interact. And I think, especially when I first started mixing, and I started a long time ago at this point, like I started over 10 years ago now trying to mix my own music, Um, and there's a lot of fucking tools, and you're watching how they're used on YouTube or what have you, or learning about them in school, and there's... So many things to think about, and so you just start throwing everything on it because you think that's how it's done. That you think that's how it's supposed to work. Is um, every single channel of audio has to have a, a, an EQ and a compressor and uh, a limiter at the start? And and uh, are you using sidechain compression? Um, what kind of reverbs are you using? What is the how long is the tail of that reverb in comparison to the um, the length of a of a beat in your music? I don't know. I'm trying to think of. I'm trying to make this as like overly technical as possible, and I don't even know if I can do it. I'm looking at my looking at what's in here. Like, oh, I don't know. It doesn't really matter. I would just throw stuff on. I would just throw so much stuff, so many plugins and tools. I would just use every tool that I had access to. Um, because I thought that's what you were supposed to do. Because I was like, well, it can't possibly sound good if I don't use a compressor or four on every single channel. Because that's what the that's what the the masters do, isn't it? Um, I was wrong, obviously. <laughs> I think that's the way. That's the way when you start. Then that makes sense. Of course, you're overwhelmed and you're just, you're just trying to copy, but you're not understanding of what you're actually doing. <clears throat> Uh, and it took me a long time to realize the simplicity of it, the simplicity of mixing um, mixing music. And I would say probably the simplicity of most creative processes, that if you, you can get really, really technical, <clears throat> obviously. But I think most of those things probably come from a long time of experience, a, long, uh, a big amount of experience, and... You don't think about those things nearly as much, you know. You learn those little things, those little tricks along the way, um, but to be bombarded uh, with them at the start is is so much, um, and you just shouldn't think about any of it really. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's a good demonstration at the start to say like, here's all the things you're going to have access to at some point, but uh, it's also so overwhelming. My approach, I'm just going to say, like, I'm just going to talk briefly about my kind of thoughts of mixing now, which is trying not to go ever, no, try not to go too far beyond this simple concept of just 
fitting things together like a jigsaw puzzle of just there is a certain amount of space on the audio spectrum the or, the the um uh the audio spectrum that we can hear as humans and within that as well there's only a certain amount that is really musically useful there's the upper end that adds i would say air and texture and the lower end that kind of adds feeling um because most of us can't it depends on the unless you're on a big system can't even hear um really under 50 hertz like you, you can hear it but it's not doing a lot for you um on a bigger system you'll feel it um and so within the uh, spectrum that you've got that is really actually musically useful, just how much can you actually fit in there? Um, and so my go-to example is vocals. Vocals are obviously the most important thing um, to the listener. And so when you have that in mind, then simply think about where in that spectrum do the vocals sit? How much space do they take up? How much space do they... N- <coughs> so sorry. <laughs> oh lordy <clears throat> Had a couple of too many white wines last night Where do the vocals sit And how much space do they take But way more importantly How much space do they need And if they need this amount of space Then you better not put anything in that space That is taking up that space That is going to encroach on the vocal space um, And I've done that plenty of times You know Maybe the cymbals, the hi-hats do it a lot. Cymbals, yeah, hi-hats and snares quite often can encroach into um, vocal territory. Um, So perhaps they should be moved out of the way, either via panning or take some some, of the frequencies, your dominant vocal frequencies, out of those things. That can ruin certain things, so you've got to be careful to a degree, but... Simply just like those two, that, that idea. This thing needs room, make room. Don't try and like get them to play together beautifully. You can, you can go further, and it's maybe more technical, you can go further. You can be really clever about certain things. Uh, and once you know what you're doing, you can get there. And I do some of that. Um, with all the like sidechain compression, which is basically when this thing, when the vocals hit, it pulls back back on something else, you know, so that things can kind of move in and out of each other's way. Um, but you don't need to get that technical. You don't need to think about that. That, Yeah. I just like that simplicity to the creative, to the technical side creative processes of um, you've got these things. How do you make them fit? There's only so much, there's only so much space. <coughs> anyway. Um, for anyone who wants to mix music, I hope that's sort of helpful. I know it seems so basic, but and I always get wary of that. I always get worried about like, oh, I'm just talking some really basic shit that, like, the doy. Isn't that how we all think about it? Um, but that's, I feel like it took me a long time. I feel, especially because it felt like um, whenever a mix is too, whenever a mix isn't hitting, I would add more. I would add so much more. I'd be always say, "Well, if it, if it doesn't sound like the stuff on the radio, then I need to add more." Um, and that's when uh, that's when things were started fighting with each other. And it took me, yeah, longer time to realize, no, no, add less, way less. If um, yeah, if you want more impact, probably use less. 
give everything space to breathe, give everything the space that it needs to actually be heard <laughs> um, rather than <clears throat> adding in more. Because those two things, if you add in more, if you've got two synthesizers or two guitars or something like that, unless you have a very particular way of doing it, uh, intentional way of doing it, it's like, ah, this, this guitar hasn't got enough energy, I'm going to add this other guitar. Is that going to add, or is, that, or is both going to be... Yeah, I guess in that circumstance, it's not like yeah, the sum of its parts greater than the sum of its parts is not it does not is not applicable. <laughs> <coughs> I would I would say that then it becomes less than the sum of its parts. In theory, not all the time. Depends on the again. If you're intentional about it and you know what you're doing, then sweet. Um, but general rule, you've only got so much room. Make room for everything. I didn't. Exp- I didn't intend to go on. I didn't t- intend to be on here and do a, um, a, <laughs> a small lesson on uh, mixing, but I want. But I, yeah, I'm. I'm sort of hoping that maybe that 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 uh, th- that idea, that simplicity of it, is uh, applicable to other creative practices that maybe we're all thinking about, that we're all doing, um, and I do find that stuff kind of fascinating. Um, what did I talk about before? I can't even remember. I think that's where I'm going to end it. That's the end of this podcast. Slightly shorter one. Just under 30 minutes. Um, be well. I hope you're well. Um, make some stuff, please. (laughs) Just make some shit. Um, and, uh, let me know what you're up to. Let me know what, uh, creative processes you're struggling with. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I never know how to fucking end these things. Um... This is in the back of my head podcast. You can subscribe to my Patreon if you want. Um, it, does, it, doesn't, it doesn't get you anything, but it helps me out ever so slightly. Um, hey, bye. Bye.